1: what's going on everybody this is Marcus and I'm here with my lovely wife Shira and we are on Zoom Uh, thank God for Zoom right Zoom has been clutch during this entire pandemic wouldn't you agree Shira
0: yeah I mean it's definitely been great for interviews and for us today, since we're in two different locations, so...
1: Yes. And although we're in two different locations, we had to bring you guys another podcast episode. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're feeling it. Uh, we got a, a really great topic to talk about today. Well, great in, in the way that's interesting, but it might not be so great. Right, Shire?
0: I know. So <laughs> we are definitely going to be Um, diving into some more current events um, and taking a look at the federal moratorium and what that means for um, many American families and what that means for maybe us and maybe the listener, depending on um, the situation that you're in, what opportunities might be there.
1: Yes. So we're, we're going to be citing and referencing uh, a lot from a Washington Post article that speaks on the moratorium that has been extended uh, a few times throughout this pandemic, but it is set to expire on July 31st. That's less than 48 hours away. And this can mean uh, a lot of bad things for a lot of people. Uh, this has been a bad situation period. Uh, one thing before we start sorry, this quote stood out to me from the article it says the pandemic has shaped the current housing market. Some of uh, those changes will be permanent. So let's let's get into it. Um, what does this this expiration of the moratorium mean uh, in your opinion? Let's kind of break that down.
0: Okay, well, there's a couple things to know, right? So, the first is it depends on where you live. So, we live in California, and in California, um, the moratorium is actually not expiring on July 31st, but it's going to continue into September. Um, so, it does depend on your state. And I know that there are only a few states that um, have this extension, um, but right. most, most states do not. Um, as you hinted, earlier um the cdc has extended uh this moratorium three times and folks are wondering if congress will step in again but i believe that they have said that they are not going to do that um but what that means is that um a lot of folks are um Maybe close to eviction. Yeah. Um, so I have a stat here. It says, according to the US Census Bureau's Household Poll Survey, 7.4 million people are behind on their rent, and nearly half are in jeopardy of being evicted in the next two months.
1: Wow. And, and Shire, before you continue, that's twofold, right? Because you have the renter who is behind and because of that it's like they're, they, they've they got to stay at execution like they're going to be executed at some point but they're we're just the governor postponed it right Marcus <laughs> so that
0: is not a good analogy
1: okay I'm sorry that might be a bit harsh but you kind of get my drift but here's, here's this is why it's twofold because the renter hasn't been paying rent and so the owner of the property also has not been able to pay the mortgage so this moratorium kind of Sure, does it cover the rent and has it covered the, the the owner as well or is it has it been covering just the renter?
0: Well, okay, so a couple things. Just because the renter isn't paying the rent to the landlord doesn't mean that the mortgage is not being paid.
1: Okay. I, I think Correct. a
0: lot of landlords are having to use reserves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. recently I have seen that some landlords are considering selling uh, some of their properties. Yes. Um, right now, a lot of place, a lot of homes have equity in them. If they're behind on their mortgage, they may sell, and they're not looking. I mean, landlords are typically not in the business of selling their homes. Right. But if they're behind on their mortgage, I think that some folks might feel that they don't have any other choice. Um. Okay.
1: Crazy now thing, we- Shabba, before, before I let you get to go. When, the thing of it is, is you can't sell a home with a tenant while it's in there, and while the tenant is, is pretty much protected by this moratorium. you can't just up and sell the house from up under them. So that's kind of, we're all kind of wait. that's like we're waiting for this ball to drop before people can make their next move, you know?
0: Yeah, the example that I saw, the, um, the landlord was able to um, get the tenant to vacate the property. Wow. Okay. But I think it really depends on the laws in your state. Mm-hmm. And so that would be something to look into. And there's a second part to what you were saying, and I, I lost my train of thought there for a second.
1: I know I cut you off. I do that quite often. But wh- I think you're wh-
0: asking what it means.
1: Yeah. Wh- wh- what does it mean? First of all, what what did the moratorium do? I guess we could start there for for people who don't really know.
0: Yes, okay, that's what it was. That's what. Yeah. So the the you know what? I really struggle to say moratorium. (laughs) I don't know why. I want to say the memorial, like a memorial. I don't know why. Y'all just help me. But anywho, um, yeah, it's it's been really crazy because while it was allowing people to stay in the residence that they're renting, it wasn't necessarily paying uh, their rent. And so what has happened is that Congress has um, set aside $46 billion in federal federal rental assistance. And this money went to the states and the states had the responsibility of making sure that it actually got to the people who need it yeah. right now, about half of the States have only gotten about 5% of that money to the folks who need it, whether it be a, the renter or a landlord. So while some are saying we're, we're wondering if Congress will do something um, it's really in done the it. states that need to get the money to the people who need it. And so that has been um been kind of bad, I guess, for their probably figuring out their internal processes and how it's going to work. And I don't and I don't know why folks don't have the money that they need when a lot of the money is there.
1: And let's talk about it, Shire, because to me this is the the crux of the entire article is that it's not to be political, but Biden (laughs) and and his camp, they've done what they can do. They have money set aside. It's up to the, and and that's what sucks about government. It's like, you have the federal government that they'll put this money somewhere, and then the states, it's, it's up to the state and local government to make sure it's dispersed to be the people. And a lot of times that supply chain is just trash and it's hard to get it in the hands of the people that need it and like you said they have billions of dollars sitting there to help tenants to help uh, landlords and i don't know i couldn't if you held a gun to my head and said, how do you do that i could not tell you now i could try to find out but the problem is is i'm a 35 year old you know computer savvy millennial but what about a 50-year-old or 60-year-old or a senior citizen that doesn't even know how to really work the computer. How are they supposed to find this stuff? And they don't make things accessible to the people that need it the most. People can't pay their rent, but you expect them to have uh, exceptional internet so they can go... You know, it's just... And sorry, I want you to speak to this because you've worked with the public for years. You have over a decade of working with a public... And helping people, you know, with subsidies and things like that. Why is it so hard to get people to sign up for stuff? Can you can you go into some of that? What's the where's the disconnect?
0: Absolutely. I mean, if folks are having a financial hardship, paying for internet is a challenge. I mean, internet is not cheap. There are programs that will lower the cost of your internet if you, um, income qualifies. So with a lot of students, with a lot of students, um, having to do school from home, some internet companies like stepped up and provided a reduction, um, a resource. I'm not sure if they have this in other States, but in California, if you call two one, one, it will give you resources, whether it's housing, whether it's, you know, clothing, shelter, food, um, you can call that number and they will be able to direct you and provide you information on how to apply for these programs. And um, Biden, his camp set up a website called consumerfinance.gov and they have a lot of videos and instructions on what to do if you are a renter or if you are a homeowner who is experiencing... um, a challenge because of the pandemic. So I agree that accessibility or access is a challenge for, um, for a lot of people. Um, But the information is, is there. And so hopefully um, we can do what we can to spread the word. Um, Especially if you're not going through something, you might know someone who is, and it's, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not in a position to help you. But if you do ABC, then you'll be able to access the resources that you need.
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's to the point now where no one can run from uh, the housing crisis. No one can run from the homelessness crisis. I mean, just driving down your street, driving down your downtown, you, you see it, man. And this was like you're seeing a lot more of it uh, all around. People, People just, their whole... Everything they own is just outside, you know, and it's just like we can't run from this. So I think that is cool that we're doing this and sharing. And thank you for sharing that, you know, where people can can get help if they need it, because 31st is coming, man. And it's kind of like it's going to affect a lot of people. It's going to affect a lot of people. And that's that's really unfortunate.
0: I know I was looking at the resources and I was looking at the steps people need to take uh, to try to get help. And it was like, wow, like this is real. And this is really um, impacting families. And I immediately thought of the quote that says, when white America catches a cold, black America catches pneumonia.
1: Yep. Like we catch COVID.
0: (laughs) But it's like, what might be, Bad or upsetting for white families, and that same thing, you know, whatever is being experienced, it it will it'll knock a person of color just out, you know. And it's I think that COVID is one of those things. I was thinking about the impact that the recession of you know around 2007 to 2009, the impact that it had on um, household wealth and how um it dropped it dropped drastically yeah and I'm thinking oh my goodness you know a few some years down the road here we are in a pandemic and what is that going to do right um to black people what is that going to do to our household wealth and I know that we had a conversation about this before, but that um, I think it's the 20, 2053 statistic mm-hmm. that, you know, black wealth will be zero. The median, you know, household wealth of a black family will be zero. And that was put out before COVID. So you have a recession and a pandemic and just a lot of challenges. And I also feel for, the millennials because it's like yeah. getting out of college in a recession and now maybe you're into your career and you're you know in the middle of a pandemic and it's, it's been hard um for a lot of people to make progress
1: Yeah, sure. and like you said uh this article used the word which i it stood out to me a covid recession so this is you know this this is a pandemic it's a lot of things but it's a recession too I mean we're seeing some some Like you, you're saying We're going to have a ripple effect Going forward In a lot of families Because of this thing And uh, it's unfortunate and, and like you said It sucks for millennials Because we, we got the recession When we were just getting into adulthood And now we've gotten this But my fear is is this the new norm of just bad things? You know, I would hate like, not to be like a, a doomsday preacher or something like that, but it's like, we're going to have to consistently be fighting and dodging these these uh, different things, I think in our lifetime. So it it just emphasizes what we talk about. Like all this stuff we talk about, like it's no longer just like, oh, it's a luxury to like think about investing or this is something extra you should do. It's like, nah, this is like the bare minimum you should be doing now because we got to hurdle through all these different things. Two recessions in my adult life. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
0: I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It is. Well,
1: any anything else Sarah, on this? Any other yeah. meat on the, on the bone here?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a couple of things to say and Marcus, you keep referencing this article and I know it's good but I didn't really get a chance to look at it the way that you did. (laughs) Um, But just a couple things. And then I want to talk a little bit about what opportunities might exist. You know, there are two sides to this coin, um, really. And we've talked about one side and we need to get to the other side. Um, But before we do that, I do want to throw out a couple of things as for folks who might be in a home, and, um, maybe they haven't been able to make their mortgage payments, what to do. <clears throat> um, so one of the, the recommendations is to, um, to get your mortgage statement, make sure that you know, your account number and get the phone number. Um, there are a lot of folks out here scamming. Um, so if you can look at your statement and get the direct contact information to the servicer of your loan, then that is recommended. So you want to call your servicer and tell them that you have experienced a hardship because of the pandemic. And the thing that I learned that was new is that you don't have to show them proof that you're actually going through a hardship and they shouldn't ask you You letting them know that you are in a financial hardship because of the pandemic is enough. Okay. Um, The next thing is to um, ask them if you're protected under the CARES Act. And so the CARES Act covers loans that are backed by the government. So like if you have like a Fannie Mae loan or one of the government-backed loans, there are some, you are protected under the CARES Act and um, you can ask for forbearance of 180 days. And then if you need to extend that again, you can for another 180 days. So that's like... 10 months yeah Um, but this is the thing the thing is that um, any mispayments you have to pay it back so it does need to repay it does need to be repaid so definitely keep that in mind so don't be tempted to call and ask for forbearance if you don't actually need it so make sure that it's something that you need Um, and then the other thing is to ask questions about relief Programs, So it might depend on who your loan servicer is because you might have your loan through, you know, a a private bank or something like that. So just ask about the relief programs, including forbearance and, um, make sure you ask questions. You want to ask, you know, what happens when the forbearance period ends and what are my repayment options? Because as I said, you have to pay back any missed payments. And so whatever you're able to, um, to hatch out, you know, with the person, whoever you're talking to, ask them for an agreement in writing. Okay. And so one yeah. of the things that we're incur- that you're encouraged to do is to not wait. And so if you need, if you know that you can't make your, mor- your mortgage payment, don't just say, oh, they know it's COVID and a lot of people not paying their mortgage. Cause if you do that, you run the risk of losing your home. So you have to ask for forbearance it's not something that kicks in just because you miss a mortgage payment so just keep that in mind we want to see black people stay in their homes i mean we want to see all people be able to stay in their homes but a lot of black wealth is tied and the net worth of black families is connected to um home ownership yep so wealth from equity in a home constitutes on average um, 71% of the total wealth for black households. And I believe that quote is from, um, oh Lord, it's either from the HuffPost. I think it's from HuffPost and I hope I'm not misquoting, but for black households, a lot of our wealth is in our actual home. And so to lose that for a lot of folks is devastating.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Sean. I, man, that was you, you. You gave us some great nuggets, and I really appreciate that. Uh, you, you know, finding out that information and sharing that because, like you said, we want to keep people in their house, and that's the ultimate goal, man. And uh, like how you said, so, I mean, let's say you have a, a hardship due to COVID, and you 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 you're able to stay that off uh, by calling and doing going through some of those things that you named off. You want to do everything you can to keep the home because equity still gain. Equity don't care about COVID, right? So that that wealth, that net worth, can still increase as long as you still keep the asset. And so you want to make sure you're doing that by any means necessary. But like you said, know that you will need to pay that back at some point. So man, hopefully this helps somebody out there. Um, This is just a bad situation, man. You know, but
0: but like I said, there's two sides to the coin. And I think that we need to explore the other side too, because not everyone is going through a financial hardship right now. There are some right. people who have been able to work, um, who've been able to do some really great and amazing things, or maybe yep. they're looking to do some great and amazing things. Um, and so for those people, I think that there could be some opportunities on the horizon just looking at... Um, what happened with the recession in, you know, 20, 2007, how we talked about yeah. earlier. So um, in 2007, what happened, the housing market took a dip. And we don't know that the housing market is going to, to take a dip right now. It's as high as, as it's probably ever been. Um, but because so many people, are um, experiencing hardships around making their loan payments around paying their rent Mm -hmm. there that could cause a shift in the housing market what that shift will look like we don't know um but i'm wondering could it be something like 2007 it is yeah. something like 2009 and what can you do as a listener to really put yourself in the best position to maybe buy your first home or yes. even acquire your first rental and if there's someone in the house that wants to stay allow them to stay um if you so choose and you know be able to be you know take over you know a mortgage and maybe have help someone else stay in their home who wants to stay, who is in a better position to pay. Um, The
1: the, the United States is set up by capitalistic structure and that I don't ever foresee that changing. And what that means is where there's a a negative, it breeds opportunity for someone else. And it's just kind of how it works. And you want to try to take advantage of that opportunity As much as you can. We talk about this often. You go back to our first pilot episode. It was either pilot episode or the second episode. We talked about how someone's terrible situation of losing their home spawned our financial journey. Because we bought a foreclosed home. And when we bought it, it was jacked up. You could tell the person didn't want to leave. They were forced to leave. And we didn't know that. We just bought our first house. So... There, there there it is right there. You know, like Shara said, what are you doing to position yourself when an opportunity arises? You know, it's unfortunate that these things happen, but you gotta you gotta get in this game, man. It's dog eat dog out here.
0: So- right. And even if you're a renter right now, um even having a shift um in your mindset to really say that you know what, I learned a lot in COVID and I don't want to be in this position ever again. Mm Um, or I just really couldn't stand my landlord over this past year. And I want to, um, own a home and I want to take steps to owning a home. Um, so I think that this past year has given all of us something to think about and how we might navigate differently and how we might navigate a little bit better. um, and yeah, we do live in a capitalistic society and sometimes that's hard because, you know, I think by nature some folks are capitalistic and by nature some folks are not and and it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, but you really have to think about what happened, you know, and what happened was the government said if folks don't pay rent then they won't be evicted. And that caused a lot of hardship. And it's only now, you know, starting tomorrow and over the next couple of months that we'll actually see what the result of that decision will be.
1: Yep. Yep. Couldn't have put it better myself, Shire. And and I'm going to leave with this, y'all. Like Shire said, shift that mindset. If you're renting, we talk about it often. We're not—we never want a dog or denigrate someone who is renting, but we want want you to not just, you know, not just want to stay there. We want you to, you know, have a mind to own at some point because what's going to happen, too, Shire, is a lot of these owners—they just like just like these businesses, just like this gas we're seeing. Everybody trying to get theirs now that things are starting to get look a little better and they see a little crack expect for them rent prices to go up across the board. You, you can expect that.
0: You right, know. because people are trying to recoup their, their mm-hmm. losses. Mm-hmm. You see that in the car industry, cars are so expensive because folks were not buying cars. Our daughter opened a granola bar and I realized that the granola bar is smaller than it normally is. So they kept the price the same, but they made the granola bars smaller. I can eat two of them yeah. things now when one was sufficient. So, yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder what is going to happen to the rental market and will um, corporations who own, um, you know, copious amounts of homes and will small landlords and mid-sized landlords, will they increase the rent to recoup some of the losses? That's kind of scary.
1: Definitely scary.
0: If, if you're a renter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Shire, uh, I think we 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 hit it uh, on the head with this one. I think we gave folks a lot to think about and a lot to consider and a lot of valuable information. Uh, yeah, if can I do- just
0: say, look, yeah. I know that this this one is probably not as ex- exciting as ta- the Tabitha Brown episode, but yeah,
1: y'all y'all was tripping on that Tabitha Brown episode. Oh so my no.
0: goodness! No. I think we, you know. I, I just I don't know. I don't do current events that well. Like I am not um an entertainment commentator, so I'm probably not the best at that. Um but I love
1: Tabitha the Brown, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm we
0: sure. do. we do, we do, we do. Um, but I think today we just covered some things that just that just needed to be said. Okay. Yep. This was like our once in a while family check-in. Mm-hmm. make sure everybody's okay and if you're not okay that you're taking the steps to do what you need to do to be in a better position make sure that you're taking care of yourself have the knowledge to help out your loved ones
1: yeah sure because with family you know don't always tell me what I need uh, what I want to hear but tell me what I need to know right so that's what we did on this one um before we let you guys go do us a huge 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 favor and please give us five stars on uh, this podcast. Whatever platform you're looking or listening to us on, please go ahead and give us five stars. Uh, it helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it. Shire, any last words?
0: No, but you didn't ask me how I was doing.
1: Shire, how you doing? you looking, You looking like a whole snack, uh, by the way, oh uh, from God. through this Zoom. Oh. Very, very pretty. Very beautiful. How are you doing, Shire? I'm sorry I didn't ask you.
0: Why, thank you, Marcus. I'm doing good, but um, I made some baked ziti, and I kind of burnt the top. Um, oh, that's cool. But it's still edible, but I know you like a little bit of brown, but I gave you a little extra brown, so you'll see okay. me <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like that, and, and word to the wise, y'all, y'all need to start browning the top of that mac and cheese or any casserole you're making. Just brown it a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> All right, y'all, we clowning, so we're going to go ahead and get out of here, and we'll holler at y'all in the next one.
0: Okay, bye.